0: Time for us to check in with Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News this morning. Now, Rob, before we talk politics, how do you feel about artificial intelligence creating a Beatles song?
1: Uh, artificial intelligence, I find scary in general as a journalist. You know, that I've, I've got on the chat GPT. I've put in stuff and got back. Frighteningly, like your story, real real story. (laughs) I put in, I put in my own hit once and said, "What would I say about this?" And it came back with a bunch of stuff, lots of great jokes, all sorts of things. So, no, I I find it, I find it in general frightening, and I'm not entirely sure it's worth, you know, another Beatles album uh, where where we feel like we're on the edge of something we can't come back from.
0: I know. Exactly, right? Like, I want to tell Paul McCartney to just sit down. Nobody needs this, and you don't need the money, buddy. Sit down. No, no <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, okay, let's talk some politics, because we have to talk a little bit more about this whole Surrey police thing. It is the story that never ends, despite mm. everybody really kind of wanting it to end and for things to move forward. It sounds like there's another letter from Minister Mike Farnworth now.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, it's, these are the, like, political letter equivalents of texting somebody being yeah. left on red by the mayor, you know, like they're increasingly desperate in their tone. And here's another one that is was sent to Surrey this week saying, hey, hey, is anyone there? Uh, nobody is responding to our letters. Uh, and we're getting a little concerned over here. And this one starts ramping up the language, talking about a, a potential, quote, policing crisis, uh, quote, if Surrey uh, doesn't start doing certain things. And <laughs> one of the complaints in the letter is that, The city staff and the ministry staff were working together to put together what's basically the city report that will go before council when and if they decide to vote on this issue There's a council meeting next week. So the sort of staff report that will inform the councillors and the two sides are working together. And then, according to the minister, uh, 30 staff were directed to not share the final report until council has had a chance to vote on it and the ministry is like hang on we we want to see that report which i think is ironic because the ministry was the one well, producing the yeah. report not that long ago and refused to share it with anyone including the city right up until it was released so now the ministry is like we well, we just want to we want to double check that you got all the numbers right and we want to make sure that all, your language is correct and you know you got our position right and they're demanding <laughs> they're demanding to see um, the report before council sees it, which
0: I don't know. That, that doesn't seem right to me because at this point, if you're the ministry, like you, you've done, uh, you've done everything that you can. I think Surrey has to vote on it, and at that point, they have to deal with the consequences of their actions.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the province, I think, dramatically underestimated how deep Locke is in here, and her yeah. council is in. They offered 150 million to change; it hasn't it hasn't worked. They've tried to flip one member of council. Uh, that's really all you need from Locke's team if you get um, one other councillor to recuse himself for a conflict of interest, which may or may not happen. Um, and the hope was that there'd be enough money for enough at least one person to say, you know what, I want to fight this fight for the rest of my term. Let's just, let's just go. Let's just flip it back to the RCMP. But it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. And now the province is left in a position of like, it's gone so far in on this and that is it just going to let Surrey continue on? Um, you know, uh, I, think, I think what's happening with these letters is there's kind of a case being laid very subtly in written form that the province may use to ramp its powers up if, uh, you know, if this is not ending up with the municipal police department that the province wants. And using words like policing crisis, Uh, in your letter and trying to make it sound like the report that the council is going to vote on is illegitimate because the province didn't see it first. Those are the kind of things that I could see them using at some point to jump in and intervene and try to make some sort of argument that this won't be allowed. But, uh,
0: Man, I feel for Surrey residents. Yeah, I know. I feel for Surrey residents because there are so many pressing issues in that community that need to be dealt with. Like, yes, policing needs to be dealt with too, but, you know, they've got a lack of community centers and facilities. They've got a lack of schools. They've got all sorts of development issues. They've got transportation issues. They've got, you name it. And and this Mm -hmm. seems to take up all of the available oxygen.
1: Yeah, it's a function, I think, of, you know, the slate system municipally, which I'm not I'm not sure is the greatest development over the last few decades in Vancouver and now in Surrey and other communities where slates get together and they run on one or two major issues. And those become the kind of defining issues of an entire term of council. And you can't move anyone off the slate. It's much like our provincial political system. You know, we lock people's loyalty in and you can't move them. Uh, and and that's just it. You drift on an issue all the way through. You ram it down people's throats for four years and then – you flip flop around in the electorate and vote somebody else. And so I think that's part of it. Uh, and the other part is the province has has made this argument it doesn't have the power to make the decision. And I just don't think that that is correct. I, I think there is an ability somewhere in that police act, and we've seen the ministry use it before to make this decision on the grounds of public safety. And force the municipality to do what it wants. And, you know,
0: you know what I don't understand, Rob, is that why the province didn't see this train coming at some point and decide, all right, you know what? We're going to put some rules into place to, if any other municipality decides to do this, this is how it's going to go because we cannot let this happen again. Like, why aren't they taking the bull by the horns on this?
1: Yeah, oh, I think that's coming. I think there are some, uh, you know, police act changes on the horizon. Uh, that will probably include things like that but the question for now is do you do you find a way illegally to force Surrey to do what you want and then probably end up in court trying to defend it and there's lots of powers in the police act to do that and it's just going to be a political question of the NDP of whether they want to waste a bunch more time on this or they're just going to wash their hands of it and and let Surrey um, sink or swim depending on on this vote that looks like it'll happen next week but you know at this point who knows
0: (laughs) yeah exactly who knows okay one other story that we wanted to uh talk about this morning and this has to do we've talked about this all week this is the uh the the addictions plan that we talked about Mm -hmm. at st paul's hospital we got some more details on it's really fascinating how it's going to work but our question on this was well why isn't the government doing more of this
1: yeah so this is like uh, it seems great right a seamless Completely, you know, no silos, no gaps, no wait lists. You get in at the beginning of treatment through this new 95-bed model, and you go all the way through stabilization and uh, into the outpatient kind of housing situation. This is, and we talked about this, this is what Premier David Eby promised uh, in his leadership bid. It is what he's been talking about without any details for the last few months. And it turns out that even though the Premier wasn't at this event, and his, his addictions minister was not at the event, and there were no provincial speakers and no provincial press release and nothing from the province at all on it, the government allocated 40% of all the money they're spending on this seamless addictions plan for the next three years on this one project at St. Paul's. They put in that amount of money. It's $61 million in operating funds to work these 95 beds. And now the question for the government is, uh, they want to do three more locations like this, but they've already spent forty percent of the money on one ninety-five bed project. And like, I mean, if, if once they get it going, up and
0: running, is it going to be cheaper? Like, was that just a one-time startup cost? Like, maybe they can do it better.
1: Well, it looks like three-year operating money in the budget. I, I, but you're right. And but the other the question is like. According to the government they're in early conversations to find the other three locations which is code word in provincial politics for we haven't done anything like we're not the horizon <laughs> is not uh, you can't even see it right like Thank goodness so that, we, thank goodness we means, have
0: you to translate
1: that for us <laughs> Right that's right so you keep try putting that in chat gpt you're not going to you're not going to get anything back from that so like so there's a long ways away before we get number 2 uh, of these like multiple projects and there's not as much money left anymore and you get start to see the horizon here being very Shorter. small yeah limited versions of this in different places without a lot of beds and is that enough i think um i, I don't i don't think so um but uh yeah it's a little concerning i think when you kind of stretch out what is a great model over the money uh, and the time it's going to take to do it.
0: I mean, you would hope, though, that if it works, if it shows promise, and when we talked to the doctor from St. Paul's yesterday, every indication is that they are they, they feel very hopeful and optimistic about this. Is that mm-hmm. they would be like, okay, this works. Let's start diverting some funds to this.
1: Well, the only, reason, it, the only reason the only reason is it looks like this moved so quickly is because that private foundation came up with twenty million yeah. and shook the government into action. Otherwise, I don't know we would be here right now talking about it. Um, so it's got to be faster. Uh, and it's got, you're going to have to force the health authorities to do it because they're just kind of, you know, it doesn't right. look like that, that's a big priority. And you've got to put more money into it to meet the demand. Because, again, we talk about not knowing how our mental health and addiction system works. We don't even know how many beds this thing should be to meet the demand that we have. And you'd feel like wherever we're going is probably not going to be enough. And if we're going to do it, why don't we just put the money into it to do it properly? quickly uh before you know this overdose crisis just carries on another number of years we're not we're not turning the corner so let's let's hit it hard and put the resources in but I'm i'm not sure i'm seeing that from the province right now
0: well rob thank you
1: okay take care